how to meet your heroes on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. Accounting and bookkeeping mistakes destroy thousands of small businesses every single day. Bookkeeping doesn't have to be hard. Turn to the number one invoicing software for small businesses. Start for free today at servnomaster.com backslash FreshBooks. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. I'm finally back home to my island. I've only been back for half a day. I'm still a little bit jet lagged, so I've woken up at three in the morning and Rather than try and read or go back to bed, I thought this is a great opportunity to record a few amazing podcast episodes. Of course, I come outside and there's a pretty severe windstorm. Right now, hopefully we're in between a couple of those big gusts and we can talk about something that's really, really exciting. And that is that you can meet and connect with just about anyone in the world when you begin to understand uh, the way principles work. As uh, I mentioned, the last time I traveled, when I traveled to Thailand, I saw one of the... Uh, People in the internet marketing world, the one person I had on my list that I said, oh, that's the person I'd like to meet. And honestly, it was just the person who I saw on the speaker's list who I thought was the most famous. The very first morning of that conference, I saw him at breakfast and I didn't do anything. I thought, oh, that might not be him. I always have that thought because I'm not great at recognizing people. And I thought, that might not be him. And if I walk up and think it's just someone who looks like him, it could be a whole thing. And by the time I was sure it was him, there were like 10 people surrounding him at a table and it was a little bit too much for me. After that experience, I'll be honest, I was embarrassed because I felt like I let you guys down. Now, I did some amazing networking. I did meet some celebrities, including the DJ Goldie, who did give his private email address to me at the same event. But anytime I slip, I feel like I have to step up and do a little better by you guys. You deserve better. I have to be perfect every single time. I hold myself to a high standard. When I was in California last week, as you surely know, California is filled with amazing celebrities. And I was at this conference with about 5,000 people, and there was one person there who didn't look like everyone else. Now, to everyone else, this was just a guy who was dressed like a farmer. But I kept looking at this guy going, this guy looks exactly like the man from my favorite TV show. And I was worried. I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe just everyone in a, overalls and a beard looks the same to me because where I live, pretty much everyone always wears T-shirts or shorts or swimsuit and no shirt. I never see anyone wearing jeans, let alone overalls. So maybe it's just that I've been away so long. I'm sitting down there at the table with my dad and I see the guy for about the third or fourth time standing a few feet away from me. And I go, I'm just, you know what? I think this is the guy from my favorite TV show. I have to talk to him. My heart's racing, absolutely racing in my chest. Now, no one else at this conference recognized the guy. He happened to be a guy from one of my favorite TV shows. And if you look it up, there's an amazing TV show called Blue Collar Backers. It's a an investment TV show, I tell you all the time, all I watch are investment TV shows and this is one of them. This is a show about people who invest not just money but uh, labor. So they'll invest in a business but they'll actually go and physically do things to help improve the business. So this guy, if he's helping you to put a new floor in your business or if he's helping you to move to a new location, he'll actually be on site working with the construction team because he's a hands-on investor. And to me, that's very fascinating because I come from a world where nothing's physical. Everything I sell, everything I teach, it's just knowledge and information. So to watch someone at the other end of the spectrum is purely physical, I really like that. I really liked the show, and this was my favorite guy on the show. And the second I saw him at the event, I go, is this Ron Douglas? That's the name of the guy. 
And I finally said, you know what? I gotta go in. And no one in the room knew who he was. I guess not everyone watches this awesome show. I don't know why. It's definitely one of my favorite shows from Discovery Channel. And I go over and talk to him. And I'm like, hey, look, if you're who I think you are, I'm a huge fan of your show. Me and my wife watch it all the way on our little island in the middle of nowhere. I talk to my friend from Canada, and we watch the show on Skype and talk about it. And he was like, yeah, that's me. I was like, man, I'm such a big fan of it. Because he's, the way he operates his business, the way he invests, I really like everything about it. And we talked about the show, we talked about him. And I can tell you that walking up to someone who, at least to me, is a celebrity. See, I grew up around rock stars, I grew up around movie stars, but someone who's like something a little bit different and for a show that only I like, was really, really cool for me. And I ended up talking to him, we had this amazing conversation. And to meet someone that you really like is wonderful. He was so nice. He talked about his kids, I talked about my kids, we exchanged information, he's working on a book. I said, hey, that's what I do, I would love to you know, connect and we can talk about your book and all those cool things. I can help you, guide you on that, down that path because that's my wheelhouse. And so we exchanged Skype information. We've already Skyped back and forth two or three times in the week since I met him. It's been just about seven days. But what I want you to realize is that even for me, someone who's met celebrities before, who's dated a few celebrities, in that moment, I was sitting there next to my dad talking to a few of my friends. They go, I think that's this guy. I pulled up my phone and no one had recognized the show. No one else watched it. I've seen every episode. I know every investment he made on the show, I know all these different cool things he did, but no one else recognized. But for me, it was someone I wanted to meet. I said, if I could meet someone really cool at this event, this would be the guy. And the, my heart was racing. When I get nervous, and it's exactly the same thing that happened back when I was single, if I would see a beautiful woman I wanted to talk to, there'd be this moment where I see her and I want to talk to her and my heart gets filled with terror. My heart starts racing, my, I start sweating, I get so nervous. Now, I'm naturally a very skittish person, so the first thing I trained myself to do was to hide that nervousness. So inside, my heart is boiling like a tea kettle. But outside, I look totally calm, cool, and collected. And it's simply because I practice hiding my fear. That's all there is to it. People think that I'm fearless, but in that moment, I was really nervous and sweating, and that's when I feel the most alive. When you go, I'm afraid, but I'm gonna do it anyways. And I walk over, and I mean, I'm talking five steps. I was so close to us standing there waiting for his friend. I mean, this amazing conversation. And after the first five seconds, nervousness went away. And honestly, this is the first time also I asked, acted a little starstruck. And it's because I kind of let it build up in my mind. I've met other celebrities before without acting this too much, but I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a big fan, I gotta meet you. But after 10 seconds, I transitioned into who I am. I was like, oh, what are you doing here? Is this your type of thing? How's your TV show going? What's going on next? And we had a really amazing conversation and transitioned in less than two minutes to exchanging information. So I want you to see, and what I want you to understand is that even when you're terrified, even when you're sweating, your palms are sweaty, you can walk up to someone and after you get over that initial fear in 10, 15, 20 seconds, you can have a normal conversation, actually form a connection that could lead to some cool business down the line. That's what's really powerful about understanding networking. See, even though I'm nervous and scared, once I start talking to someone, I go into networking autopilot mode. I go into, what are you doing here? You know, what are you enjoying? How can I give you value? That's how I quickly found out he's thinking about publishing a book or people are telling him to write a book but it's outside his wheelhouse. And I go, that's inside my wheelhouse, I'd love to help you. I'd love to give you value. Now what's fascinating about this event is it's all filled with internet marketers, it's all filled with online nerds, and no one else recognized this guy, and he was kind of an outlier. But as soon as I would tell people who it is, they go, oh my gosh, I want to meet that guy, he sounds amazing. So my passion for someone, my belief in someone, alters other people's perceptions. 
And also, I happen to know he's very successful, so people like to hear around people who are successful. I love connecting with people who are successful in different ways to me. And come on, I live in the middle of nowhere on an island, and all I watch are business investing shows. What are the odds that I'm going to meet one of the people from the shows I watch in the three days I'm in California a year? They're pretty slim. Well, it turns out they're pretty high, actually, looking with hindsight, they're 100%. But that was my one big opportunity. I actually ended up seeing him again uh, just as he was leaving the next day and said, you know, got to talk to him for two minutes and say goodbye to solidify the connection. And for me, it was a moment to meet someone that I look up to. And it was really exciting for me. So it was, pro I mean, I would say, yeah, it's definitely for me the highlight of my entire trip. I had a lot of great moments, a lot of wonderful things happened. I met wonderful people, I did a lot of great business deals. But this was a real outlier. What I want you to understand, there are a couple of key components from the story. The first is that celebrity is perception. To everyone else in the room, I was just walking up and talking to a random stranger. The only reason I was nervous was because I knew who it was, and therefore, in my mind, this was a celebrity. I can tell you right now, one of the nicest people I've ever talked to. No pretentiousness, no, I've been on a TV show, yada, yada, just a really solid, as nice a person you could ever imagine. As nice as I hope I am when people who are fans of me meet me. Just absolutely genuine and tier one. As good a quality person as you could ever meet. And if you look on the blog post for this episode, you can see the picture we took together and you can see how big the smile on my face is. I was rocking a smile for the next two days like you wouldn't believe. But celebrity or the difficulty of meeting people is often only in our minds. When I lived in England, I met celebrities all the time. But it was never a big deal because they're from shows I didn't know, so I didn't recognize them. It's only when you realize someone is a celebrity, you begin to act differently. And we have to control that inclination, and that's how we form strong connections. When you can overwhelm or overcome the desire within you to treat people differently because of something in their lives. Now, sometimes people treat me differently. Uh, one of my favorite stories is also one of my weirdest stories. Back when I was teaching dating a long time ago, this is now a full 10 years ago, I was in my favorite bar in London. I can't remember the name of it anymore, but it's in the stables in Camden. So this is a fun bar filled with people, and I was there with a student. We're just talking to people, okay? And he's practicing talking to ladies. He walks over and talks to a really nice girl. They're having a great connection. And I'm just standing there bored out of my mind. That's really all I do. I say, here's something to say to someone and see what happens. All I teach, used to teach people how to come over that exact same fear I felt when I saw a celebrity. And someone recognized me from one of my books or something, walked up and said, are you so-and-so? And I said, yeah, that's me. And he goes, oh my gosh, you're my hero. I go, oh, well, that, thanks, that's sweet. Okay, so I was on the other side of this experience. And then he goes, oh, I'm so sorry for disturbing you. He bowed and then backed away from me. Now. I was super bored and was happy to have someone to talk to. I was actually, when he walked up to me, I was so excited. I was like, oh, I don't have to be bored. But this guy bowed to me, which is crazy. It's the only time you're ever bowed to me. That's why I remember it. We all react to perception. To everyone else in the bar, I was just a random guy. But to this one guy, I was someone whose blog he'd read online out there for I was his hero. We create heroes in our mind. So the people that are your heroes are different than mine. Your favorite T-shows are different than mine. And you'll react differently whether you meet you know, celebrities or famous athletes. Your perception controls that level of fear. Now, you can't alter your knowledge. It's kind of like the forbidden fruit from the Garden of Eden. Once you know someone's a celebrity, it's hard to act like you don't know. So what you have to do is exactly what I talked about. You take your fear, this is what I do. 
There's so many books about like magical techniques for overcoming your fear, but what I just do is in that moment, I absolutely know I'm alive. I, it's, it's that feeling of adrenaline, and I've turned it into a positive. I look at it and I go, wow, I'm definitely alive. I gotta do this, especially because everyone on my list, everyone who reads my blog, everyone who reads my books is gonna hear about this story. I have to do this, even if I'm wrong about who this is. And in that moment of absolute fear, I thrive on it. So I've created in my mind a positive way to look at the fear. But I also take all that fear and I just hide it inside my body. I don't show it on the outside. So I'm still afraid. It's not that I'm not afraid. It's not that I'm not nervous. It's still there. I just don't show it to the world. I hide it within my body. And then uh, the next thing I want you to know is that most people, when you treat them like normal people, when you follow the principles of networking we've talked about over and over again, when you say, oh, I want to treat this person like I'd want to be treated. That's, I mean, on the most core level, I'm just teaching the golden rule. Treat people the way you'd want to be treated if someone walked up to you. That means that when I see a celebrity eating, or when I see someone I want to meet eating, or in a meeting, I don't disturb them, okay? I did see someone else that I would have liked to meet, but it was a time that would have been inappropriate for them. Your desire to meet someone should never overwhelm your respect for people's space. I waited for the moment where the guy I liked, Ron, was standing by himself waiting for a friend or something. He was just standing alone for about two minutes before I walked up and he looked a little bit bored. And that's your opportunity to go, oh, this person's just waiting for someone. Great chance to walk up. You don't want to walk up to me when I'm trying to feed my son. That's, you don't want someone to do that to you. Feeding my son, he's one years old. It's hard, it takes my total focus, he's rambunctious, I gotta do all those things, I gotta make sure he's not choking, it takes all my focus. Ain't no one to do that to someone else. But if you see me at the airport, or waiting for a plane, hello, of course I wanna talk to you, I hate waiting for planes. Like, having just been on five different planes in the last week to get home from this conference, I can tell you that that's a great chance to approach someone. So paying attention, not just to your desire, but also to the other person's experience gives you great opportunity. Waiting for the right moment can turn an awkward, uncomfortable two-second conversation into a very friendly 10-minute amazing encounter. So following our simple principles, again, you want to overcome your fear or just know that living in the fear is awesome. You want to make sure that it's the right moment for the person. They're not in the middle of doing something important or you're not going to be overly disturbing them. And sometimes finding that balance is a little bit hard. Sometimes two people are talking and sometimes it's okay and sometimes it's not. I wish I could tell you exactly how to tell, but that kind of comes from experience. Like, if someone's in the, in the middle of proposing to their fiance or their girlfriend, she's about to be a fiance, not the right moment. But if two people are standing there talking about uh, the weather or talking about the airplane they're waiting for, it's okay. It's like a balance. There's a time when you can walk up and you just, it comes from experience of being able to tell or listening in for a few seconds if they're having an important conversation or kind of an inane conversation. Because sometimes when I'm with my wife, I don't mind if you walk up. And sometimes with my wife, I do. If I'm with my wife and we're talking about when we should have our next child, pr please wait a minute. <laughs> But if I'm with my wife and we're talking about her favorite TV show, please come up and save me. Once you've found that right moment, once you've walked up, your goal is to break the ice. And in this case, this is something I very rarely do. I said, hey, if you're who I think you are, I absolutely love your show. Now, if you just stop there, if you just go, you're a celebrity, I'm gonna act weird, it can have an awkward conversation. So instead, what I said is, I watch your show. I live on a tiny tropical island with my wife, all true. All the things I say are true. And for us, your show is really special. And so what I did is, to make, instead of making the show about him, I make it about our experience. And that's interesting. So now I've mentioned, oh, I live on Tropical Island, this is what I do full time. I can start to have a normal conversation. Your goal is to transition through the fan phase and into the normal conversation phase with someone. Because that's what you really want to have. I don't want a signature 
or uh, any of that stuff. I just wanted to meet someone that I really like and look up to and let him know, hey, I love your show, and then find out what he's doing there. And so then in the next bit of the conversation, it's about rapport and giving value. Finding common ground. He's got seven kids, I've got two. He's got seven kids, I've got two, about to have number three. We're gonna try and get pregnant in about two months. We're trying to resist the urge to get my wife pregnant right now so that we can have good timing. We're trying to have two years between each of our children. We have three years between number one and number two, and now I feel like, okay, that was a good gap, but between the next two, it should be two years. That gives me common ground to talk to someone. Some people want to hear about stories from my dating past when I dated celebrities or stuff like that, but nowadays, most people I meet, they've got kids, I've got kids, we talk about that. So that's how we formed a little rapport, just having a really cool conversation about our families. And then it transitioned to, hey, what are you doing here? What are you looking for? And we started talking about how I do books and he did a TV show and is he gonna do the next season of the show? And then he started talking about, oh, my friends have always told me to do a book. And I said, oh, well, you know what? That's my wheelhouse. That's the thing I'm best at. And if you've been following me, actually a few days ago, if you've been following me, when I, uh, Monday of the conference was the day that my book went to number two on Amazon, the day that thanks to all the people on my email list, I was able to push for number six and get ahead of Harry Potter for just, just three hours. For just three hours, I beat Harry Potter. And you know what? It's still an amazing feeling because that's real hard. I don't have a big publishing house. I don't have seven movies behind my series. I haven't written 10 other fantasy books. I haven't written some of the best books in the history. But it was really amazing in that moment. I was very excited. And so uh, knowing what I'm good at, it means I'm comfortable talking about it with people. So following this pattern, right? You focus on rapport. You find out what someone's seeking. Remember, we find the value they're seeking. How can I make sure you have a really great experience here? And that's what happened. So we had this amazing connection, this amazing conversation. And it was maybe it was five minute, seven minute conversation. And yes, at the end, I did ask to take a picture together, but only after I'd given value, only after we'd swatched, swapped Skype information. My focus, and even now in our relationship, right? The one thing I'm thinking about is how can I help him make his book be great? My focus is still in the early days of my relationship with this person, with this amazing personal celebrity, one of my heroes, for how they approach business, for how he understands business, and for how he treats people, is to give value first. There's actually nothing I want from him. I don't want to be a guest on his TV show. I don't want him to introduce me to other people from the show. I just want to let him know that I like him and that I saw an opportunity to give value. Now, down the line, we may do something really cool together. Who knows? But that's never in my mind. That's not anything I'm thinking about. So even now, in the post-first encounter, my goal is to give value. And maybe someday there will be a value return, or maybe not. I'm not even worried about that. Because they have the mindset of favors as a muscle, my value from this whole interaction is that I overcame my fear, had an amazing conversation, and now can actually interact with someone really cool to be able to give value. So at every step in this process, giving value is my primary motivator. And it's important that when you do this, when you meet people like this, you don't have a hidden ulterior motive. Most people who are really successful encounter those hidden ulterior motive people all the time and they can detect it. They'll go, there's something weird about this conversation. Now I know this is very zen. There's this dating movie called uh, The Tao of Steve where he talks about be without intent and it's come from Buddhism and he's this fat guy who's really great at dating women and there's some parts of the movie that are great and some parts that aren't but there's a couple things he teaches in The Tao of Steve that are interesting and one of them is to be without intent. It's like how can I be on a date with a woman and pretend that I don't want to be on a date with a woman? That's really hard. The key word there is pretend and the way we overcome that is to be in the moment and to think not about what can people do for me, but to think what can I do for people. I don't want to teach like Far Eastern religion on this podcast, but I want to teach a simple principle. And this is just a, a growth on the golden rule, is that I believe when you do good things for other people, other people do good things for you. 
It's not always the same other people though. I may do and help this guy publish his book and it becomes really successful and just because of friendship, right? I may offer a little guidance or maybe something else will come of it, but I may simply give value, right now is, my t- is to give value to someone that I really like and I think it's really cool. It was a very nice when I met them and that may be the end of our relationship. And then in two years, someone else comes into my life who's a fan of me and gives me value. So even though we can't write down on paper the connection or track the things, I see value in that. And that's why I give as much value as I can. That's why I'm one of the people who responds to every single email I get. And earlier this week, I was on the 30 hour flight, (laughs) back to back 30 hours of flying, the middle of which was a 16 hour flight from America to China. Man, I am not going on that flight again. I've learned my lesson. When you travel that far, it's hard to check your email. And I felt really bad that for some people emailed me, I, I didn't email them back for a day and a half because I want to give people that experience. So for me, even though I'm flying and it's so far, I still think, oh, I'm so sorry. I want to give value, give value, give value. And I hate to make people wait because most people know I check my email once a day. If you email me, you should expect a reply within 24 hours. But every once in a while, two or three times a year, fate intervenes. And in this case, I, my layover was in China and I forgot that there's the Great Firewall of China, which means I couldn't access my email even though I was at the airport. And even though I did manage to get online. Plus, I don't really want to enter all my passwords at this particular airport. And who knows what happens, right? I don't want to get all my email. Probably already is. NSA probably has a copy of every email I get anyways. But just in case... I don't want the Chinese version of the NSA to have as well. I'd like only one co- country at a time spying on me if possible. But giving value as a core mindset makes everything easier. So I give value to people who are above me and below me. It's all perception. Every time I meet someone, my first thought is, how can I help this person be more successful? Help this person have more fun. And I dig deeper and deeper into these principles and some of the more advanced networking courses, but this is a really simple principle. And this is how you can meet people that you look up to, be people that are your heroes. It doesn't matter if it's a business hero or a TV hero or a local hero. Oftentimes the people we want to meet the most are not movie stars. I've met a bunch of movie stars, it's all right. And it's cool, there's nothing wrong with that and they're very good at their craft. But for me, I like to meet people who are like local heroes. The person who's like the best in your city you know, the best small business owner or someone who's got a really cool local radio show. All of those things are cool as well. And this is how you can meet anyone across the spectrum. Follow these very simple principles and you can meet your heroes and maybe you'll even get to do business with them. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Follow me at facebook.com backslash serve no master.